Hello, listening friends. If you'd like to support Unfriend Me and the fine work it does in this ever-changing world, head on over to patreon.com slash unfriendme today. Spoiler alert! You're a dick! <laughs> oh yeah? Well, I happen to think spoilers help make everything better, and I have the science to prove it, Lowborn. Oh yeah! Well, if you think spoiling things is really cool and doesn't ruin anything, then unfriend me! <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Unfriend Me. It's uh, Scott and Justin uh, right coming right back at you for July 31st to 2018, the last day of July. And uh, <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> I still have a cough from my dumb illness, and uh, that was funny, and I almost died. So, hey, welcome back. It's good to see you, Justin. Uh, how are you, and how do you feel about spoilers? I don't even have to ask. All right, do you really take this position that spoiling things doesn't it does ruin things, or are you, or you, or did you take my position? Because I can never tell with these things at the beginning. Uh, I mean, I think we're going to find out as we go further. But uh, uh, top line, if, I, if I'm going to spoil the episode before we even begin it. Uh, I think that it is a very personal thing. Like, to to say that spoilers are good or bad is to say that, you know, let's say mayonnaise is, is good or bad. Like, I personally have a tremendous distaste for mayonnaise, but I'm not going to, if somebody eats it in front of me, I'm not going to, like, you know, slap it out of their hands. I'm not going to look to ban mayonnaise, uh, uh, you know, from the world. So I think it's, it's very much a personal thing but i think there's very important reasons why it's personal yeah i think uh, i think that's true and i also think we're going to find out the nitty-gritty details of that today you are highly encouraged today everybody to write down that number you see on the screen 801-471-0462 after we get done with these emails we're going to quickly go through spoiler culture as we know it and then get right into your thoughts and i know you've got them so don't pretend you don't don't save it for an email if you're watching or listening live Zero excuses today. We want to hear what you think about spoilers. Are they good? Are they bad? Are you indifferent? And why? Yeah. Before we do that. Although, by, yeah. uh, although by the way, when it comes to mayo ice cream, uh, there's a, a uh, ice creamery in Falkirk, Scotland called Ice uh, that is selling mayonnaise ice cream. And I am willing to pay for your ice cream if you walk into that place, buy a mayo ice cream and immediately film yourself throwing it in the trash. Oh, I was so, hoping you I was thinking oh if you send it to Justin he'll do it because he likes a challenge but you you really no. just want him to throw it away. I want you to film yourself buying it preferably but definitely throwing it away. If you throw it away on camera, uh I will pay for your ice cream. That's fantastic. Well, uh you heard it here first everybody. Uh make that happen. And waste some food in the name of Justin waste Robert. Waste some Young. food. I want. I want you to waste some food. I'll pay for the food. Everybody will get it. Ed, but let's be honest. Nobody needs me. All right. Feedback from last week, Scott. Uh, we talked about furries. We did. Yeah. How did you feel? Do you do you have any different uh, a week on? Because sometimes we do these episodes, and specifically ones like we did last week. I feel like there's a lot of explored feelings that are kind of still raw by the end of an hour of conversation. Have you had anything, any further contemplation one week on? Part of me wishes the story about the politician and the Bigfoot, uh, Bigfoot erotica thing that came out of Virginia. I kind of wish that had happened before our episode because I would have found a way to squeeze that in and see if there was any connection to 
people being into Bigfoot and also being into furries. Not saying they aren't. I'm just saying that's probably what would have happened. So I think that's a missed opportunity for some entertaining banter. All of that being said, I'm sure I'm sure the the <laughs> notoriously sensitive furry communities that have like their their ears up at any mention of their community in relationship to sex would have loved it. Yeah, I like how you said their ears would go up like animals do. I think I think I understand your reference. Wink, wink. Anyway, so what I'm saying is, uh, no, I came away from that experience with a way better understanding of the fandom, um, understanding its roots better, and also just kind of understanding where people are coming from. And part of that was a lot of emails and messages and stuff that I got outside of Unfriend Me. Just people saying, oh, by the way, I heard that I'm from me episode as a sort of quiet member of the community that also uh, counts himself as a furry. You guys did a great job. Like, I heard nothing but compliments about the episode. Yeah. And that I was very happy. About that, that surprised me because I, I admittedly, maybe that's why, but I admittedly fumble into this one with very, very little knowledge and and a lot of misconceptions and everything else. And I think I came away knowing more and feeling a little bit better about it. And I think people came away with that same vibe. So. So I think great success. Yet here we are. We have emails. Uh, we I, I, I think I think you'll be happy with the, 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 the emails by and large were very, very positive. So I thank everybody for writing in about this. Uh, the fact that we didn't get lit on fire here uh, uh, was a, a success. Yeah. Like there's there, there was there was that, that to me is a 10 out of 10. Cameron wrote in. I'm surprised at just how little Scott has heard or been exposed to furry culture, considering how long he's played Warcraft. Many players who happen to be furries tend to choose animal-like races or play druids and remain in animal form while playing uh, as a means of finding like-minded individuals. There are many furry guilds, but with that, a lot of opposition from other players. I'm in a Pandaren-only group that still recalls the difficulty of queuing for random dungeons when it was common to get messages like, quote, not another panda, get that furry shit out of here, end quote, <laughs> yeah, before yeah. being voted out of the group. It seems common knowledge, so it was very interesting to me that the sort of behavior seemed unheard of to Scott, and I do wish that there were more people that just didn't care at all and would leave me alone. Um, I was aware, uh, just real quick to just sort of address this, I was aware that uh, Pandaren, specifically when, when Missa Pandaria came out, a lot of people had all sorts of different levels of grief with the idea of pandas being in the game. They're basically upright walking sentient pandas that were discovered in the game. Um but I loved that expansion. It was one of my favorites. My uh, level 110 mage, who I'm currently enjoying the pre-patch content for the next expansion with, is a Pandaren uh, male. I have a Pandaren monk. Uh, they're awesome. I have zero complaints about the pandas in World of Warcraft. And World of Warcraft is almost like the least of this. If you go look at all the Korean MMOs and some of the stuff that you can find out of Asia, they are chock full of these sort of uh, animal human hybrid kind of things. And that's totally cool. I got no problem with it. The reason that I didn't bring that up or it didn't occur to me to bring it up in that conversation is because I've never understood why people had any problem with somebody being a druid or somebody being a panda or somebody being anything in the game. I prefer yeah. big, dumb green orcs that I don't know if that makes me a, a, a an orky or whatever name you want to give me, but I, I, uh, that appeals to me for whatever reason, big brutish, hideous creatures that are nothing like me in real life well maybe not the hideous part but you know like i like to role play as one of these these huge green beasts with tusks yeah. and all that so i never understood why there was any blowback there so i never really dug into it because to me it just seemed like more toxic game culture and i wasn't interested anyway and we had a guild that didn't do that so we kind of just stayed away from it 
that was that was that for you. Yeah. 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 Jonathan Rodin says, here's my short hot take. Justin's fear of brownie blow. I'm sorry, brownie. 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 <laughs> sorry. No cookies for Justin. Because brownies are Girl, Girl Scouts. Anyway, Justin's fear of brony. I did it again. Justin's no, no, fear. Oh, no, got I got it. it right. Justin's fear of brony blowback was palpable. I didn't get that from you. Hey, no, he's right. I'm <laughs> trying to. <laughs> I've been around these internets for long enough to know that I have too loose of a tongue and I'm too quick to make the joke to F around with communities that write 7,000 word emails. And yeah. so I, unless I am prepared, I got my old Jules Verne dive suit on. I'm like, I'm ready to really explore something. And I have some element of knowledge. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to start any fight that I don't mean to, I, I don't mean to start. So yeah, no, I, I would say among them, bronies are, are certainly one of them. Furries are another one, which is why I tried to put a little bit more uh, uh, time and effort into exploring that culture and understanding not only the culture, but also why the culture is sensitive. Sure. And that was, I think, hopefully came through in the research. Sure. Mike wrote a quick thought about a throwaway line that I heard Scott use during the furries episode. He said that he's socially liberal, but fiscally conservative. I hear this a lot and I used it to describe myself. I read something not too long ago that challenged that notion. However, the basic premise being that you literally can't be both as social liberalism requires you to not be fiscally conservative. Part of being socially liberal means offering the types of welfare programs that fiscal conservatives rebuke. I think that most people say to themselves, I don't care about gay marriage, furries, drug use, so I'm socially liberal. But they're trekking down the road of universal basic income, universal health care, unemployment benefits, taxes, et cetera, et cetera. And suddenly that group starts to fray. Scott, are you a unicorn uh, <laughs> a torn between two impossible riffs? Sure. Why not? That's just the same as label me, labeling me anything else you feel like labeling me. So I'm not accusing Mike of this, but people do this with me all the time. They act like it's impossible to have one foot in one place and another foot in another place. I refuse to become a part of what people want me to be a part of. If they want me to be in their particular tribe, you can F off. No interest. You can't label me. You can't tell me what to do. All I know is there are certain things I look at and go, hmm, I feel this way about it. That feeling might align with one, you know, political affiliation with the other. And the very next word out of my mouth might align the other direction. And that's the way it's always been with me. And I vote all over the freaking place. So try as all you might. You're not going to put me in your can, dude. You're not going to force me into your little freaking muffin tin so that I fit the perfect little size, whatever you think it's going to be. I think it's yeah. I think that this idea well, that you can or can't be one of these things and not be the other is ridiculous because by definition those labels don't include new, the nuance I need. So since they're nuanceless, I'm not I'm part of the nuance party. Welcome to the nuance party everybody. Uh I, I know Scott many sides. Um <laughs> I'm I'm just saying that uh what, what what I find odd about that argument is like wait, why can't Shouldn't we be fiscally conservative with our gigantic welfare programs? Yes. And by, that I mean, yes. By, by that, I mean not eliminating them, but just ensuring that they're operating at max efficiency Bingo. and therefore helping the most people. That's the one big thing that I've always found the most puzzling about political stuff. And we will get off politics like right after this. But <laughs> I've always found very, very, very odd 
is how they're I'm for programs like if they work, but like a let's show that they work and B let's make sure that we're like firing people who are bad at it because we can all agree that they're intensely important. So like, let's make sure that these books are open and we have everybody it's, you know, Reddit slash R slash open accounting and you have every CPA and wannabe CPA on the planet ripping apart every balance sheet and trying to find every possible way that you can you know, squeeze more out of those tax dollars. Because that that's the one thing that I've always found curious is that there, there seems to be a like, no, 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 start the program and then let it go. Like, let's dare not hurt the feelings of the people who are running these gigantic programs. Right. I, uh, I'm in complete agreement with you. And that is saying better what I meant to say here. I think it's possible to be fiscally conservative, conservative about universal health care, as an example. Uh, I saw, and I will never forget, during the last election, some lady had a sign. I don't remember what rally it was at or what it was doing, but I saw this on TV. She had a sign that said, keep your socialist paws off my Medicare. And I about pooped myself. She's either being telling the most ironic joke ever or has no clue what she's saying. And so... I stay away from those people because they're reductive and they don't know what they're saying. Maybe she just refuses to be put in a small tin. A muffin tin like me? Maybe. Yeah, like, maybe. maybe. All I know uh, is I... I'm, 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 she's in the I hate socialism and my socialist program. <laughs> maybe. But I, I just... Uh, what you said is exactly how I feel. And so thank you for saying it better than I did. Here's one from Andrew who says... I am 100% accepting that people might have this fandom for anthropomorphized characters, even though I don't really get what is so exciting about the animal aspect. He's basically me. I get the fandom. Don't understand why I would ever have it. Anyway, what I can't uh, move past is the fact that some do escalate the fandom to a sex thing. To me, sexualizing animals, even anthro ones, feels just wrong. It gives me the same creepy feeling as when I think of consenting adults that engage in age play. Even though the participants are adults and not harming anyone, they are sexualizing something I feel shouldn't be sexualized. Animals for furries, kids for age play. I realize not all furries engage in this, but I can't get over the fact that some do. Uh, first of all, I was I don't know what age play is, and I don't want to know. It doesn't sound like a thing I'd be into, and I've never heard oh, of it. Oh, you know. I, 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 can, I can assume from... The, I've never even heard the term until this email. I know. You had to have seen... It was like a thing in like 90s daytime television. Oh, yeah. A like, thing I would watch every day. I don't watch daytime television in the 90s or any other decade. Oh, okay. I don't so know. You have no idea. I'm sorry, Scott. You have no idea who Jerry Springer is. Oh, yeah. No, I know who Jerry Springer is. I've seen Jerry Springer things. But when do they talk... I see this That's age... That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, no it, it's like the adult babies where you, you pretend to be a baby and somebody takes care of you and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I still didn't know that was a thing. Uh, look, no judgment, whatever, do what you got to do. But I understand his point. I would submit, without going into it too long, because we want to get to our main topic today, that uh, this sort of thing happens in every kind of fandom. Uh, it will not surprise some that if you get around BlizzCon time, about two weeks ahead of BlizzCon, you will find multiple Craigslist ads asking for like-minded Horde or Alliance players who want to meet in a hotel room and have orgies. This happens every year, and they're serious, and they generally want it to have ha have it happen. They want it to be faction-based in some cases. There may even be this furry aspect. I don't know. 
The point is, every fandom has this aspect around it. Now, whether or not it gets politicized or pushed by the media or uh, has the shock factor that we all associate with perhaps the furry one or this age play thing he's talking about, I I don't know and I couldn't tell you, but I guarantee it hovers around the periphery of every kind of fandom. And I would be shocked if there wasn't so much nerd sex happening at like Dragon Con that it would blow all of our minds. Oh, no. I mean, it's like known for it. Yeah. It's like it's like a part of that culture is that nerds get laid at Dragon Con. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. All I'll say to this is we did get another email that went into more graphic detail on this, but I think we have exposed and I'm glad that we did a element of furry criticism that gets a little bit more directly to the idea that if there is sex amongst furries, it makes them uncomfortable because they equate it with sex with animals. Right. Uh, and, and the other email that we got that I declined to put in here got into a more graphic case of somebody who said that he had a friend that was a furry that wound up being into this, you know, this like aspect. Sure. Kind of sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, there's always going to be outliers, but just swap but your swap your two I, ponies with. Uh, the Princess Leia slave slave and uh, uh, Deadpool, because that's what happens at other cons. I mean, the best advice that I got on my first Dragon Con was somebody, and I forget even who it was. I don't know. It wasn't even like a friend. It was somebody who just like first Dragon Con. Yeah. Don't party with Klingons. <laughs> and I'm like, why? And he goes, because it's real to them. Oh, my gosh, like, dude. So there we go. That, that was that really was my first funny. thing. But it's like, no, no, no. When when you like, like, like you know what a Klingon mating ritual is. Right? Yeah, well, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. They put their hands yeah. together. They bleed. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there we go. Jack finally wrote uh, one topic that I didn't think was discussed at length was internal drama with all the large groups of individuals. The larger the group, the more problems arise to the, uh, the different nature of furries, as you mentioned, and the wide variety of individuals. There is a ton of drama. In my experience, being in a furry guild in games like WoW has never ended well despite being a furry. I try to avoid them as I just want to raid and have fun. Jack, I feel like uh, not only because this segment has gone on for too long, but just because we seem to have escaped this with minimal cuts and bruises. Good luck with all that. (laughs) I concur. Uh, Remember, if you write short emails they'll be read. If you write long ones, they'll be edited. And if they're really long, Justin may just edit your email and make it the opposite of what you were trying to say. This yeah. is a real threat from someone who's who's may or may not have carried this out in past episodes. You'd have to go and listen for yourselves to see if you can figure out when. So try and keep it brief. Unfriend me at gmail. No, unfriend me show at gmail.com. Unfriend me show at gmail.com. Justin, tell me about spoilers. Why are they bad? Why are they good? What are spoilers anyway? Here we go. Definition. uh, uh, A spoiler is the information about the plot of a motion picture or TV program that can spoil a viewer's sense of surprise or suspense. Also, a person who discloses such information. This is from Miriam Webster. The first known use of spoiler was a Doug Kenny column in an April 1971 National Lampoon magazine entitled Spoilers, where he spoiled endings of famous stories fun fact the cover of that uh, uh national lampoons features a frank uh, uh, uh frazetta oil painting of a fake rudyard kipling novel called 
white man's wet dream, <laughs> which is intensely funny. And if you are a patron, you are going to get all these notes and you're going to get the link to that. But if you can, if you could seek it out, it's something really transgressive and funny in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, do spoilers spoil anything? Here was the experiment. Nicholas Christianfeld and Jonathan Levitt of UC San Diego gave several dozen undergraduates 12 different short stories. The stories came in three different flavors, ironic twists, straight up mysteries and literary stories by writers like Updike and Carver. So ones that weren't really like twist dependent. Right. Some subjects read the story as is without a spoiler. Some read the story with a spoiler carefully embedded in the actual text. And if uh, as if Chekhov himself had given away the end. And some read the story with a spoiler disclaimer in the preface. The result, every book was liked better by everybody who read a spoiler before they read the actual book. The implication being that spoilers not only didn't ruin the experience, they enhanced it in this experiment. Yeah. And by the way, uh, don't go thinking that they also all thought that this was true. Even now, I'll bet participants who didn't like being spoiled but ended up liking the book more than the other control group still don't think they like spoilers. This is why this is a controversial thing because what the data suggests is no matter how much our common sense brains say we don't want spoilers, we actually do and our enjoyment of something, film, story, I TV, is enhanced by it. I don't know if we'd go that far based on this experiment. This mm. experiment is demonstrating that for short stories at the very least, but I do think there is a cultural element to spoilers that is not represented in that experiment. That, yeah. that the idea that not only are you reading something personally that you either may or may not know, but that you are in a community with other people who have various levels of knowledge, I do think plays into. Yeah. Uh, but where do they come from? The term spoilers, aside from that Doug Kenny column, culturally is traced back to December 6th, 1994. Uh, that is a Washington uh, Post article that first talked about the Nets still sparse cultural possibilities and listed. Oh, sorry. No, this, it goes back even further on movie buff movie buffs discussion list, for instance. There's wide use of the term spoiler alert. This is on Usenet groups in the 90s. Yeah. The Usenet archives compiled on the Google Groups page reveals that nerds were banding about the phrase as early as June 8th, 1982, uh, 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 before I was born when a commenter placed spoiler alert before mentioning a detail about Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. The movie had only been released four days earlier, and he assumed that many had not seen it. So I, that is, yeah. in our modern parlance of spoiler alert, that is the earliest known use of it was for Wrath of Khan. I was, uh, it would have made me about 11 or 12, and uh, it had to have been resigned to that sort of early Usenet, ARPANET kind of space because I never heard this term until, you know, big internet days of mid-late 90s. And then you heard yeah, it all the time. I, I would say in terms of it coming mainstream, it was really the movie blog explosion of the mid-90s. That, that the like, ain't a cool news is and, and, and right. stuff like that. 
And that's where I certainly first remember. And what changed really in this, in the intervening time between the ain't it cool news era and now is things like Twitter, things like Facebook, things that just make it constant barrage, short headline in your face. If you're following somebody who spoils you, you're getting spoiled. Uh, Not only that, the companies you follow who make the content you like are going to put up a trailer for Venom today from Fox and you're going to either watch it or you're not. But some people may say, "Ooh, Tom Hardy looks good when it's just half his face in there or whatever. And then you may see that as a spoiler, which takes us to the whole other level of this thing, which is where I hope some of our callers uh, will address some of this stuff. It's no longer just as simple as, did you see Six Sense? No, not yet. Guess what? So-and-so is a thing or whatever, right? Yeah. That's a, I'm even hesitant to spoil that, even though it's that old. Yeah. But Haley Joel Osment dies. <laughs> he sees dead people for a reason. Uh, we just misdirected them completely. But anyway, the point is, it, well, I assume some people haven't seen it. I don't know. Bruce Willis is dead. Whatever. All right. Bruce Willis is dead the whole time. Fine. He's dead the whole time. He's dead the whole time. It was one of those. uh, (laughs) Right. He's gone. Uh, So if you told somebody that outright in 2001 or 99, whenever it was, you were running the risk of them going, oh, man, I would like to have learned that myself, especially the movie where the entire premise leads up to the reveal. And uh, you could do that in a very simple way. Now, I feel like I can't even say who plays the character and the thing coming up or what uh what character in Harry Potter in the Harry Potter book left school or any kind of anything feels like people immediately accuse you of spoiling anything and it doesn't matter what it is i could tell a out and out lie about a movie uh or just make the mention that um well so and so directed it and then they're going to go, ah, yeah, yeah, whoa, slow down, spoil. No, it's not spoilers. That That's where we start getting stupid. How much of this is our problem because we do broadcast content? It's a lot of it. Right? <laughs> Two thirds. Like, because I, I, I have the same feeling that I feel the need to tiptoe through. If I were just private citizen, Justin Robert Young, <laughs> I would probably be talking more loose about spoilers anything i did as i realized that i had people listening to me and watching me and tuning into my social media because they enjoyed the work that i did yeah, right yeah and so like you know there's a there's a movie out right now called sorry to bother you that i believe as many people should see as possible just because i really like the movie and i hope it does really really well but also it involves some things that took me by surprise when i watched the movie yeah and i i am wrestling with when some of those things come out of the the high holy spoiler category right right like at what point can i say there's a third act twist i never saw coming that i really like the movie and then i love the movie because of a thing that happened in the third act that's a great right. example actually cuz what you did there to somebody is a spoiler just now somebody saw yeah. says says that what you just said is going to quote unquote spoil the movie for them if we're going to use the word literally you've ruined the movie for them and some people in my life namely andrew main who i have been friends with for many many years and is a great listen. There's a reason why he's a great author. He writes great books because he has a tremendous idea for story and a very analytical mind. That dude hates any description of any movie that he's interested in seeing <laughs> because he 
oftentimes very, very correctly can suss out uh, uh, what is happening. In fact, he once figured out from looking at the poster, the poster <laughs> for Super 8, the twist at the end of Super 8. Mm. And we happen to know, because he's a, he's a magician, the director of photography. Yeah. And he texted him and he's like, hey, by the way, the alien's hiding in the water tower, right? <laughs> and he had, to, he had to lie to him and be like, no, no, no. And then we watched the movie and he just texted him back. He's like, you're goddamn lying. Yeah, like, I love never that. Lie to me again. I love that. No, but it's, it's like, because some people are very good and they want to be surprised. They want to allow themselves the ability to be surprised. And so that's my point. We should open the, the phone lines now. Yeah. Uh, again, that phone number is 801 471-0462. If you are listening to my voice right now and you are uh, have the, uh, you know, maybe you're listening to it later, put this in your phone. 801-471-0462. Put it as unfriend me. So when you hear us live or you see the alert live and you see what we're talking about, you can just hit that button, call in, you're good to go. That's right. Like this. Oh, hold on. Let's kill that one. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hello. Caller, turn down your radio. Turn down your radio. There's a delay. Hello? Hello? Man, this show sounds great. Yeah, I'm going to turn that off. All right, uh, call back, whoever that was, or call in again. If uh, so, I noticed somebody else came while he was there, and now we lost that person, so try back. Hey, listen, if you're calling in, you got you to gotta do the speaker on your phone, not us, not the radio. We're delayed by like a minute. So yeah. uh, do not make that your earpiece. Uh, okay, we got another attempt here. Let's see if this is the same person. Or not. Hold on a second. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hello? Oh, hello. Hi, is this Sebastian? Hello. Oh, yes. Hi, how are you? It's nice to hear nice to hear your voice. What can we do for you? Oh, okay. Just calling in. Yeah, sure. Uh didn't even, sorry, you threw me off so much by knowing my name. I didn't even know I was on. <laughs> somehow, uh, somehow, by the way, I don't know why I know it either. It shows up in here, and I don't know how, because this is a, it must be a caller ID thing, but it says your first name. It's weird. Anyway, go ahead. I were friends on Facebook a million years ago before you did the perch. Maybe oh, that's it. Anyway. maybe that's it. That could be it. Yeah. Okay, anyway. Uh, yeah. Um, so I just, I, I don't know. I feel like in a world where, uh, you know, we've, we've got, you know, creators are empowered and we're getting great stories all the time from every angle. I think, you know, in a, in a sense, we might be fatigued uh, that, you know, every TV show is great these days. I mean, not really, but, you know. And I think one thing, though, that like any story, like one central value that they all still hold is the ability to surprise you. And I think surprise is like, you know, as long as it's a good surprise, wonderful emotion. And, uh, you know, any time that I guess some of the surprise is taken away, I mean, I'm not. I don't hate spoilers and not raging against them, but I think to some extent it, it diminishes the experience. Okay. This is a really, this is a great point, Justin, this idea that it's not just about um, the one story or the one piece of character information you think is interesting. It's that need we all have to be surprised, to have that magical moment of, Oh my gosh, I did not see that coming and not have your idiot friend up the street accidentally tell you that. And then that whole movie, you're just waiting for that moment to come. He has a pretty good point. Uh, sure. And I think that there's another part of this that's you want the artist to tell you a story. Mm -hmm. And if you know the spoiler, then you are inherently telling yourself the story because you're wondering 
oh, I guess that's the thing that helps them get to the thing that does the other thing. Right. That it's like, oh, I know that he's the one who shoots the dog at the end. So there's a reason why he lost his job in the first act. Right. Right. Yeah. So you are you are building. It's almost more like building a Lego set than it is watching this autonomous thing come together. Right. And there's some value in the journey as well. I mean, I don't want to diminish the idea or the, the idea that a book or a movie or, or a television show are all about the big reveal and nothing else is selling the writers, the authors, the actors, everybody a little bit short because all that stuff leading up to it is important and, and, and potentially inter- interesting and you kind of don't have your big reveal without it. So it can't all be about the reveal. You have to like you know, other stuff too. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Hey, Scott and um, Justin. It's uh, Greg. Hey, Greg. What's up? What's up, Greg? Um, I, uh, can I relate the spoiler to like comics instead of movies? Absolutely. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I, um, so I feel that, uh, like for comics, if it's out the week, like that Wednesday, I feel that maybe like for a whole week until like the next, uh, next Wednesday that, uh, it should be spoil like spoiler free sort of thing, or at least that if they've read the comic sort of thing. Do you, do you have a lot of situations where, um, you you there's a comic you want to get and somebody gets it a few days ahead of you and you end up hearing spoilers from them or some other source like is that is that a problem that you've had no the whole like batman uh 50 the wedding thing Uh, i know that was a big thing by dc when they put that on uh on early and mm, spoiled everybody mm. well what you're asking for Uh, here's here's the problem you're asking for uh a universal agreement on everybody's part to honor a a limit kind of like the uh, who created breaking bad uh vince gilligan said two weeks was his thing he's like two weeks and then you can talk about spoilers that's what that should be the general rule everybody should have two weeks of spoiler free whatever and then you can talk about it and at the time the context was was his own show at the time breaking bad on his podcast but uh he kind of applied it to everything that's great and all but we don't live in a world where everybody makes a social contract and then sticks to this two week agreement or any other sort of time agreement. So, well, and I also think it's like two weeks for two weeks for a breaking bad where it's like, if it's airing, then you're like, all right, well, look, if you're not here for episode one, then like, who am I going to talk to episode two about? If you're not even watching episode one, like I just need a community that I can, I I need, I need a, a permission that I can express some of this thought. Uh, if it's something like infinity war, which people have waited years for, right? 10 years for. Right. I, I think that it's a larger halo. It was like a month before I would feel comfortable making like, I don't feel so good, Mr. Stark jokes, because <laughs> there's there's just an element to that that, that needs to be uh, uh, respected because there's just more stakes on it. Right. If you let something, let's let's look at it from this angle, and I'd be curious what people think about this as well. What if you just let something slip um, that's not overtly a spoiler, but maybe could lead people's brains down a certain path or something, and you really didn't mean to do it? I'm saying this because I do this all the time. Okay, so give me an example. All right. Uh, let me think. I'm on um, I'm on a podcast. Again, you know, this is going to be different for everybody else, but I'm on a show. Or actually, you know, this happened live at, in Vegas. We were on the stage. 
And the restaurant that we went to to do midnight eating or dark eating or whatever it was, uh, where it was pitch black in there and you ate these four course meals. The yeah. whole point of that, or one of the points of that was they said, please don't tell anyone else outside of here what the menu is or any of the items on it because we don't change the menu that often and we want people to come in and, and have a spoiler-free, even use that term when I was at the restaurant, yeah. spoiler-free experience with their food. And right in the middle of that, or we were having a conversation on stage and Brian was saying, so yeah, so we're not supposed to talk about what we have, but it was really good, this and that and the other. And then I blurred out, not intentionally, I wasn't trying to be funny, I just forgot and said oh wait those were the dumplings or whatever it was yeah and then the audience laughed at me and i realized oh shit i've done the thing that i've yeah. that we're not supposed to do when somebody lets something like that slip i mean how much consternation should we be laying on their feet like we really give it to them these days I mean, no number one that example is you just not listening to your co-host <laughs> no i listen that example i just is you just is you just uh <laughs> I think it was Jim Norton who described his acting strategy as not talking, not talking, not talking, not talking, 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 not talking, not talking, not talking. <laughs> so that's, that's just you waiting was. for your turn to talk and not listening to what Brian said. I heard no, what I... he said. I just, it didn't, it, the way it went. Okay. Yeah, go be, it's on listen. the record. You, you guys can listen. go hear it. You heard it. You might have heard it, but you did not listen enough to process what he was saying. If you immediately do the opposite. Right. I've done that. It's a human thing. I'm not saying that you're an asshole for doing it, but I think that's <laughs> that's more where, 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 where that lies. But in in the root of it, I think the root of it is courtesy and and just trying to do your best to your fellow man yeah. at trying to create a good, make it so it's not the tragedy of the commons. Right. And, and by the way, I'm not great with this. Here's a move that I've pulled a million times and I always feel bad about. Okay. Ashley and I will get out of a, a movie. Usually we go to see it at the Alamo Draft House in San Francisco. We live in Oakland right over the bridge. So we get an Uber to go back to our place in Oakland. We then do what many couples do after they leave a movie talk about it except for the fact that we've often seen the movie as early as anyone can see it the seven o'clock screening on thursday night is as early as anybody can possibly go unless they have some sort of uh, uh you know pre-screening or something sure so we're spoiling the movie for this uber driver <laughs> and they have no choice like what are they gonna do kick us out right. like they're they're on the way back and i always feel bad about it not enough for me to not spoil the movie, but I feel terrible. Yeah, uh, clearly not too bad, but just bad enough. Hi, you're on the air. Who's this? Yeah, hey, this is Etizel uh, Snash in the chat. Hey, man. What up? Um, I, I just want to say, I think if people seek out things like they're on Facebook, they're on Twitter, and when they hear spoilers, they get mad. And I think if you go to the theater and you've seen it before and you yell out the ending in the crowd, that's kind of a greasy move, but... You're out there seeking it out. It's kind of your own fault. You are know? you are you in Canada by chance? Yeah. Oh man, you guys use the term "greasy" all the time, and I love it. I need to use it more in my life. Like instead of me going, "Oh, that guy's they're up to some weird business" or whatever, I'm going to start saying that is some greasy stuff. Those guys are up to something greasy. I love that term. It's oh, so and good. You, yeah. I don't know what you Dizzle Smash. Thank you so much for bringing that up because here is an example that for you, oh, spoilers are good. Spoilers are fantastic. Uh, I have a complicated one for you. Okay. So this was The Last Jedi, the, the day it came out, or the day before it came out. Yeah. 
And all of a sudden, in my chat, a gigantic block of text shows up. Yeah. And I start reading it, and I'm halfway through by the because I, I don't get it. It's all these like random jumbled words. It was literally just every spoiler from The Last Jedi. <laughs> okay, and that's so just people like, being dicks. That's just dicks. But according to this ironclad scientific study, that person did me a tremendous favor. I enjoyed the movie more because he injected a spoiler into my life where I didn't want it. Right, but what you're saying, okay, that's actually possible, although I don't think the study included people being dicks about it when they were... Well, no, 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 but I mean, uh, here's what I'm saying. Your point was every spoiler makes everything better, so we need to get over <laughs> our hangups of spoilers. Yeah. I'm saying that there was a point. I was annoyed with that dude. Now, here's the complicated part. I was more excited for the movie because those spoilers were awesome. Yeah. And I was like, it made me, it put me at ease where I'm like, all right, if that dude made up all those spoilers, like I am, I, I'll be annoyed because like the, like the thing that happens to the big bad guy yeah. in the middle of the movie. Yeah. Awesome. Like the thing that happened to all these other people, like all I can think of, like if, if that is just like, the thing, like the bottom line pitch that Ryan Johnson gave to Disney of like, all right, I'm going to do this to this person. I'm going to do this to this person. I'm going to do this to this person. Yeah. I'd be like, hell yeah, make <laughs> that movie, dude. Yeah. I mean, okay. This actually brings up a good point. By the way, thank you, so Canadian I, caller. He was a dick, and yet, but I have a very weird process. Like, I would almost prefer, if, if, if a movie's awful, yeah. I want to get awful spoilers. Yeah. Like, I want, like, oh, no, this is just an awful thing. Yeah. And maybe that dude was trying to ruin it for me because he thought that those spoilers were awful. Although, if there is any criticism of The Last Jedi as a film, I've yet to see it. Yeah, it's uh, not been out there really quiet on the Star Wars front about people's feelings about Last Jedi. Just nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Uh, but, but yeah, no, I'm, uh, uh, it, was, it was a complicated thing for me because I hated that person. I immediately banned him. Uh, <laughs> But then you got a better experience at the thing. But, but no, I was like, good, man. Good, dude. This movie's going to rule. <laughs> All right. So, so I, okay. I have a, I have a, 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 par, a differentiating part uh, or a place to make here or a point to make. And that is that uh, for some reason, I don't mind it in my single episode television. I think I would mind it if I start a Game of Thrones on day one and then somebody told me what happens in episode 12. I think I'd probably have a problem with that. But yeah. if it's day of the the finale and somebody lets something fly, I'm like, meh, I'm seeing it tonight. It's only an hour. It's not that big a deal to me. Like the investment versus the knowledge is not that important. But TV and movies, I can live with it. Where I really have a stink eye about spoilers and I'm completely hypocritical about spoilers compared to how I feel about them with TV and movies is books. I cannot stand it if somebody has spoiled anything about a book I'm reading and I don't want to freaking know even and, and and what's funny is there are some books I know the endings of because I've read them five times. I've read The Stand five times. I've yeah. read all of the Dark Tower books by Stephen King at least that many times. And there are other books I enjoy just as much. I love American Gods. I've read that like three times. Like even those where I know the endings, mm -hmm. the first run through, I would be so pissed if somebody spoiled it. I'm reading a fantasy novel right now that if somebody told me how this ends, I'd be so freaking angry at them. If, if by the way, if you've never read Game Change. Obama. <laughs> oh, I forgot the name of his book. You really had me going there for a no, second. No, no, was... No, no, that was like the book about the campaign. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I uh, different uh, investment. You think is it time? Is that what it is? 
day. But also, like, I would think if, to me, the argument of, oh, no, the spoiler enhances it is almost more applicable in books because you have more time to luxuriate in every little piece of the way that you get there because that's a multi-hour experience. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, right. And 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 also a book, unlike a television show, they know the beginning, middle, and end. Right. Like they 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 begin with the end in mind in a way that television shows, even if you generally have an idea how you know Breaking Bad was going to end, that Vince Gilligan had Breaking Bad was going to end, it surely changed a, a dozen different times in many consequential ways based on who the audience was responding to, who the network liked who they the writer as they kept writing it fi- wound up finding more fascinating and different ways that that stuff changed. Yeah. I mean, hmm. I'll never forget this very specific experience. You know that guy I've told you about that owes me like 80 grand yes. for contract work he never paid me for. Still hasn't, yeah. by the way. Anyway, ugh. So, back in the day, uh, I was seeing him all the time cuz we were doing work for him and I remember one day it was the day after the Harry Potter book. Can I talk about Harry Potter spoil, spoilers at this go, point? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's in the movies now and everything. The sure. the, the was it ha- Half Blood Prince is where Dumbledore died, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Book had, kills them. book had come out midnight before I had gotten my copy at a midnight um thing release party thing. Yeah. Super into Harry Potter books, loved them all. Uh, went in there. And somebody said, hey, Scott, didn't you go to the Harry Potter book release last night? I said, I did. And this guy that owes me money at the time, he didn't. But anyway, he's in this office and he goes, Dumbledore dies. Dumbledore dies. Like at the top of his lungs. He's the equivalent of that all caps guy on Twitter that just is doing this to rile people up. Yeah, I hate that. So even though, and let's say it was the movie he was talking about, even if I wasn't that worried about it being spoiled. This then boils down to just don't be a freaking dick. Like, don't be a dick to people. Like, it's not funny enough. You don't get enough of a reaction out of people to make this fun for very long. Like, quit being an infantile turd monkey and don't do it. This guy was in his 40s, think, so he's acting like I think, a- I think that, yeah. That's our key here, is like, we live in a shared space. You wouldn't throw trash in front of somebody. Like, this is an equivalent of just social etiquette. If somebody wants to enjoy something, don't actively try to erode their enjoyment because- our methods of, 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 of enjoying things are very different. So it's like, yes, I will default to a level that I'm not going to spoil things. Right. Like, not because even if I wholeheartedly believed that knowing every little thing about everything made it better. Right. And there are sometimes, again, that I do. I lowered my expectations for the Ghostbusters movie when the script leaked and I read reviews of the script. <laughs> Right. You couldn't help because yourself, could you? Because people were hating it, right? Right. And so I was like, oh, well, it can't be that bad. I really like uh, all these people. Involved. Oh. <laughs> like another universe? Like they're not even just taking the same? Like, oh, that seems weird. Mm-hmm. A dance sequence, which didn't even make the movie because it was so bad. It's in the but you're stuff. making a good argument for uh, how you're able to find additional uh, entertainment. But even if I do... Everybody's not me. Right. Other people are hardcore right, about it. Right, right. And I want to respect just because I'm further into that spectrum. 
doesn't mean that I shouldn't respect their ability to do it. I completely agree. You're on the air, caller. Who's this? Hey, Scott and Jerry. It's uh, Kilmarnock1285 from the chat room. Hey, man. I was listening. I think Jerry actually just hit on it. I think it's about setting the expectations. I mean, setting aside, don't be a dick. Uh-huh. But I think if you have something spoiled for you, whether it's by accident or what have you, it's it sets your expectations better. You know going into it, you're not setting your expectations too high or too low. You know exactly what you're going to be getting so you can enjoy it more. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I'll tell you something my wife does that's pretty crazy. Um, thank you for the call, by the way. And that's this. I've probably talked about this before. I don't know. But my wife, when we go to movies and there are previews, she'll mm-hmm. say to me, she'll elbow me and go, is this something that I need to not see? And what she means by that is, is this a Marvel movie or a Star Wars thing or a big deal? Because she loves that stuff, but she's yeah. not like me where I'm eating and drinking it all the time. She just likes to go escape and not know anything about it going in there. She got gotcha. to see Mad Max that way. She got to see Infinity War that way. She had no knowledge leading up to Infinity War. Or does she like leave the theater or just like cover her eyes? She covers her, she closes her eyes, puts her fingers in her ears and hums uh, it's not it's not audible for the rest of the theater to hear it yeah but, but just so you can hear it in your own ear. yeah now here's where i will cop to being just a tiny piece of the dick i was describing earlier gotcha because sometimes a trailer will come on and i'll know what it is and i'll think yeah. "Ooh, this is a thing kim would like and see if she notices and she'll sit there for a second catch the first 30 seconds and go hold on is this something i should watch and i'll go i don't know <laughs> Oh, and so she'll kind of stick with it and then kind of listen. Said, a, and then she'll a, go, it is too. And she'll plug her ears and close her eyes. What a wiener penis you are. <laughs> I know, you dude. Are, I know. And I only get away with it because, you know, we're married and this is how we it's roll. It's pretty greasy. Pretty greasy. It's pretty greasy, Canada. Pretty, pretty greasy. Uh, do you have people like that? Like, I know <laughs> Chapman keeps bringing him up, but Jeff Kanata is, is known for his. Kanata uh, goes too far. He goes pretty I mean, far. Like well, I mean, I would just say that Kanata is somebody, if you're unfamiliar with his religious philosophy, he is among the unsullied. <laughs> he does not watch trailers. He does not read reviews. Now, also, Kanata is a movie reviewer. Yeah, and so a buff. Kanata he loves will them. go see movies before anybody else. So it's also a little bit of an easier process for him because he doesn't have to deal with not going, not being able to see the movie on the Friday. Yeah. Right? Because he's seeing it on a Tuesday, three weeks before the movie comes out. Right. Uh, so I, I think that's excessive. I enjoy trailers. I think trailers are an art form of themselves. And yeah. just like I enjoyed knowing, like I enjoy recalibrating my expectations based on a trailer. Right. For example, Venom is like any, a uh, 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 brooding young teenager uh, who's into comics. My favorite two uh, comic book characters growing up were Venom and Ghost Rider. Yeah. Because they were dark, man. Uh, <laughs> and I watched the trailer for Venom. And despite the fact that I like a lot of the talent involved, I was not in love with any of the trailers, including the one that just came out. Oh, I don't love today's, now, do you? Hmm. But right. now I know that I shouldn't go in thinking, yeah, I love Spider-Man Homecoming. Like uh, the, the new, the Spider-Man properties at Sony are now the best. <laughs> like, let's go into it. So excited. Yeah. Now I know to go in expecting something a little bit more 
conventional, the way that I would walk into a DC movie at this point. Like, it's not that I, I am going to hate it immediately. I'm going to level, I'm not going to expect from the universe that brought you Spider-Man Homecoming, here's Venom. It's hard though, right? Because you'll see a trailer for um, uh, Valerian, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets and you'll go, oh my lord, I love that weird psycho comic and I love uh, Luke Passan and I loved Fifth Element and this looks incredible what I'm seeing in this trailer. And then you go to the movie and go, oh, all right, well, it's serviceable and kind of okay in places and that lead's terrible, but Anyway, whatever. And so the trailer, in some cases, pumped things up to be way to get your expectations a little too high. So I mean, maybe. But that's your own. That's your own. Like, because like, I watched that Valerian trailer and I'm like, all right. Like, that was like some crazy weekend where Luke Bassant just shot a bunch of stuff <laughs> in his garage on green screen and it was hopped up on meth. And, like, you know, I think both those actors, that, that actor and actors, just like, you know, we're at a party past six o'clock and Luke Bassant's like, no, no, no. Put this on. Put this on. Do, do now, you're on a you're on a planet. Go, go. <laughs> shoot your gun. Like, I don't know what accent that, that was. I like that French. It went from French to something else. It's fine. I, it's with Passat. He does what he wants. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I have my I feel like I have a fairly good gauge of like I can watch a trailer and understand fairly well where i am going to like a movie and where i'm not going to like a movie yeah i, I have i have rules i have trailer rules have, you, have we ever talked about no, my trailer this rules? should talk about this this is perfect for the spoiler show what if it's think? all action scenes mm. and the action scenes aren't like oh my god somebody's physically doing something that i've never seen a human do before right yeah, yeah. uh then you're in trouble yeah if there is no dialogue between characters meaningful dialogue between characters and the movie is going to largely depend on camaraderie amongst characters that's a bad sign <laughs> if you don't know the general outline of a story yeah and by that i mean like they gotta get the gem to the well right <laughs> just something basic then yeah. that's a bad sign mm -hmm. it means that there is probably a very convoluted too dumb story and now you are just going to be confused like it means that somebody watched that movie and was like jesus all right uh i guess let's just put together all the scenes where somebody gets punched and we'll do the three funny one-liners and let, let's let's get out of here yeah i think that's a pretty good general rule i think they're going to be outliers but for the, for the most part i think that's a fair way to treat a trailer um, but, uh, but I can think of a pretty good modern example. And even though, I mean, they, I think they've kind of earned their stripes since certainly since three and forward, but uh, opening tonight, well, opening this week, but we're seeing it tonight or open last weekend. Um, we're seeing the new Mission Impossible Fallout tonight and very excited to see it um, based on everything I'm hearing about it. And they're not spoilers, so it doesn't really apply to this whole spoiler conversation. But I don't know, maybe some people see it as spoilers, but people... Uh, reviewers others who have seen early screenings are like it is the coolest action movie scott since fury road and we know how much you love that that was enough for me to go oh well shit let's go then then it gets 98 percent on rotten tomatoes then it's got everybody talking about the most amazing stunts they've ever seen in an action well, film i think but that's that's the thing is mission impossible much like the fast and the furious movies are kind of a, a, a immune from my trailer rules in that they're such a defined property yeah that is so replicable that you just really need for them to prove 
it's basically like in those cop movies when like the cop just like dips his pinky in in in, in the cocaine and yeah. just like you know puts it on his tongue and he's like oh it's pure right yeah. like you just need that with those movies there's been a million of them you know what you're getting you just need to know in this one tyrese drives a, <laughs> a helicopter that runs into a submarine and in mission impossible tom cruise runs really fast there's another hunk who punches somebody else and there's a crazy physical stunt that tom cruise does yet another insanely physical thing uh, that makes you be like, holy crap, I can't believe he's a 59-year-old person. Yeah, well, he's like 54. But he's got like, he. it's almost like he's got, um, that's a way of putting this. He's got. Well, also, he's, they actually like, use, they use the scene where he broke his ankle. Oh, yeah, they totally did. Yeah. Like yeah. they use, it's like in the movie where like it's a, it's a practical stunt where he jumped from building to building, broke his ankle. And so when he gets up and is limping in the movie it's because he actually broke his ankle doing that stunt by himself yeah and he's got xenu looking over him all the time so i don't i think he's just not afraid because xenu's there you know because he believes in xenu uh, nothing makes uh, nothing is funnier to me than than the mormon crapping on the other religion like as if you guys don't get it enough and listen scientology is a gross thing i'm not trying to defend scientology or compare scientology to mormonism but i do always think no it is look i just think xenu is a funny thing to say mainly it's not oh it is oh that is hilarious yeah and they torture people uh uh, oh there's that and it's kind of a cult and they cut off people from their family yeah all that stuff is pretty rough uh hey we should uh take our leave now before we go um a quick thought if uh you weren't able to call in today and you want to hear your voice heard Unfriend me show at gmail.com. I'm hearing myself for yeah. some reason. I don't know why. Why am I hearing myself? Hold on. What's that about? I don't know. Hello. Test, test. One, two. Okay. Now it seems to be fine. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, so unfriend me show at gmail.com is where you're going to want to send that stuff. And I want to make a, a point again, and I don't say it enough probably, but the website has notes and a place for you to comment freely without having to register or anything. You don't even yep. have to leave your real name if you don't want to. You can just go over there and say stuff at uh, frogpants.com slash unfriend me. Okay? So do that. What's our topic next week? Oh, Scott, every time I do the research, I'm like, this week, pick a topic for next week so you're not randomly running through all these things, trying to elongate your words so you fill time and eventually settle on... I mean, what do you think? I mean, performance <laughs> enhancing drugs in sports, maybe? Ooh, yeah, actually. That's come yeah. up again recently in something. Oh, I saw, I know why, because I saw that movie uh, that won last year for best documentary. It was that uh, Netflix deal. Um, uh, oh, the one, where, the one where they, like, exposed 40 years of Russian cheating? Yes, Icarus. Where it was, what's great about the documentary, and I really recommend people watch it, is it doesn't start that way. It's them making a documentary about a guy who races and he wanted to see if if he took the performance enhancing drugs if he could work his way through the bigger circuits or not that was the documentary it had nothing to do with russia it had nothing to do with the olympics it was just hey this thing that supposedly worked for what's his name um lance armstrong maybe let's see what would happen on our small scale and let's document it it was that simple and that thing turned into talk about a pivot i don't want to Okay, so maybe this is a spoiler. It pivots yeah. hard in the middle. And you're like, whoa, okay. Totally different movie. Stakes are way different now. It's awesome. So it's on my mind. <clears throat> it's on your mind. It's on all our minds, damn it. We're between the Olympics. A perfect time to talk about. 
I'll tell you what. enhancing drugs. If you want to do that, I'm going to give you. I'm giving you a choice. That or oh, there's an or. Illegal immigration. <gasps> illegal immigration's a hot topic right now. I think we might get more calls on illegal immigration. I don't mean purple vests and T-shirts that have SpongeBob on them either. I mean hot topic like people are talking about it all the time. Um. All right. Boy, now I'm torn. Okay, so, all right, let's do that. Next week, illegal immigration. The week after that, hot topic. No. Uh, I'm not going to promise anything. Okay, we don't illegal have to promise anything. Okay, illegal immigration. Rustle your jimmies, folks. Get your jimmies all rustled. We're going to talk about it next week. Yeah, no abortion yet. Everyone calm down. All right? That's coming at some point. We don't know when. We don't know how, but you're going to pay for it. That's all we know for sure. Uh, that should do it for the show. Justin, before we go, I know you're headed to Gen Con. Anything you'd like to tell people that are in the Gen Con area before this weekend? Yeah, if you're going to Gen Con this week, uh, I'm demoing Contender and hopefully Action News. Uh, you can come see us at Escape Room Indie, literally like a block off the uh, the convention center. Very close, very walkable. You're probably going to walk by it if you go to a restaurant outside of the convention center, which I would recommend. Uh, so come on up and, and see us. We're on the second floor, but you can look it up. Escape Room Indie, myself, John Teasdale, demoing fun games and saying hi to everybody. Yeah, that's awesome. You guys should do that. Uh, the bunch of Frog Panthers always at Gen Con, and you can run into many of them. So make the trip if you live near, by, or otherwise going. Yeah, Indianapolis, Indiana. Yes. You don't know where. No, it's where the 500 is. And uh, the home state of David Letterman. That's a, just look it up. You'll find it. Yes. No. I mean, in case you're curious, <laughs> Indiana indeed is a state. Yeah, it's one of the it's one of the lower forty eight. Enjoy. Uh, let's see what else is going on. There's always something going on at frogpants.com, specifically frogpants.com slash unfriend me. That'll be everything you need to know about the show, including our Patreon. Thank you everybody who supports us there. If you find what we talk about here valuable, and I know I do, I'll bet a bunch of you do as well. And you've got an extra buck laying around, think about heading over there and uh, throwing it our way. That's at unfriend me. Sorry, it's at patreon.com slash unfriend me. Do it today. And we thank you for your support. I think that's going to do it for us, for me, for Justin, and for all you spoiler heads out there. We'll see you next time. Bye, unfriends. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>